Blog Talk Radio. We all use, or almost all of us, use smartphones. They can lead to physical problems such as text neck and text thumb, but there's a new problem on the horizon as well, radio frequency radiation. This problem has to do with where people put their phones. Some people put them in their pockets, some women stash them in their bras, and a lot of times they're held close to our ears. But doesn't this expose us to radiation? The National Cancer Institute website notes that radio frequency waves don't have enough energy to cause cancer by directly damaging the DNA inside of cells. They cite a study in mice that shows an increased risk of tumor in male rats, but they note that it's hard to know just how well these results might be applied to people. There was also a small study that showed that people who held an active cell phone up to the side of their head for 15 minutes had uh, reduced uh, glucose use than on the other side of their head. The possible effect from this increased glucose use on the active side of their head is unknown. There are also studies cited with inconclusive results. That said, even with all of these inconclusive results, the National Cancer Institute's website offers advice about lowering your exposure to radio frequency waves. And you can read about what they have to say by visiting cancer.org and searching cell phone. But according to a new report by the National Toxicology Program, this kind of exposure to cell phone radio frequency radiation can be harmful. And just in case you're thinking this is some sort of conspiracy theory, let me explain a little bit about the National Toxicology Program. It is a federal interagency program headquartered at the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, which supports research to understand the effects of environment on human health. And it's part of the National Institutes of Health, NIH. So I think this study is really worth knowing. Hello, I'm Deborah Quilter, and welcome to RSI Help Radio, the show that brings you the latest news and information about repetitive strain injury and other health issues related to technology. Here to explain why we should keep our cell phones away from our bodies is Dr. Eric Pepper, professor at the Institute for Holistic Health Studies at San Francisco State University. He is also the author of Fighting Cancer, a Non-Toxic Approach to Treatment, and uh, I just lost my notes. <laughs> he is the author of a numerous, numerous scientific articles and books such as Make Health Happen, Fighting Cancer, a Non-Toxic Approach to Treatment, which I just said, and Biofeedback Mastery. He also publishes the blog The Pepper Perspective, Ideas on Illness, Health, and Well-Being. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pepper. I'm totally thrilled to have you. Well, Deborah, it's such a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> well, thank you. Let's plunge in. Can you talk a little bit about why this uh, report from the National Toxicology Program is so important and why we should be concerned? The, the report is, is very important because in some sense it's almost the most conservative report. It is based upon data 
uh, on studies on rats and mice. I know we are not rats and mice, but our biology is very similar. In a $30 million study over the last 10 years in which they systematically tried to expose the rats and mice to the Wi-Fi radiation. And remember, what is Wi-Fi radiation? It's really radar. It is just like your microwave. It is a very low level of microwave radiation, and we know that if you put something in your microwave, it heats up, and it even cooks your vegetables or your meats, and it probably changes the tissue. So it's not surprising that if we are exposed to something like that over a long time period or even intermittently, even though at very low levels, it probably could affect our bodies. So this study well, is really the most Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> when you put it that way, I would hardly climb into my microwave oven. Um. Yes, and yet we all do it time and time again, in, implicitly by putting the cell phone right against our ears. Ah, oh, this is a great analogy. Thank you for that. Um, but, so, you know, but uh, let me just be honest. To be really fair, the power is very low in proportion mm-hmm. to the microwave. But still... But isn't there a dose-response issue here? People haven't studied that totally in that way. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a dose-response in the clinical observational reports of brain tumors that people who use microwaves over 10... I mean, who use cell phones over 10 years intensively developed slightly more brain tumor cancers on the side of the head they held the cell phone. This data is somewhat controversial. I happen mm-hmm. to think it is, you know, it, is, it gives hints. And the automatic rule one would always want to use is something called the precautionary principle. When it looks mm-hmm. like something could be dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. assume it could be and, and prevent it. And there's so many easy things you can do to at least reduce your own risk significantly. And I think that's the most important part. Don't put the cell phone against your head, right? Use head, headphones. Don't put it against your body and store it in your pocket. Put it in your backpack or purse. There are many. Mm-hmm. But the data, mm-hmm. I think, is very good. And there may be some interesting findings in this data. Should we be concerned with laptops and notebooks um, while we're talking about this frequency? Yes, they're they're not different because most laptops are connecting to the web and therefore they use the same microwave. They go to some form of router and or tower and we're connected. And so there, there is a similarity. The other part is that think of the heating a laptop mm-hmm. does, or a microwave, and here I can think of males putting the laptop on their, you know, their, on their lap. It's heating the scrotum, yes. and when you heat the scrotum, in fact, you'll reduce sperm count. And that data you know, has been well documented. In the so, National Cancer Institute website, they said, you know, it doesn't create heat, but I have held a phone to my ear, and it gets hot when you're yes, using it for quite some time. It does. And the question is, to what extent is the heat the causal factor, mm-hmm. purely the temperature against the skin, which would increase the blood flow in the tissue underneath it? It also would mm-hmm. increase the metabolic rate of that tissue there. So that data is clear. But the question really, is it the heat or is it the microwaves which are pulsing through the brain partly as it's connecting to the tower? back and forth. And that is then a non-ionizing radiation, but it probably will affect the metabolic processes in the cells. And so it makes sense to me that it could potentially be an 
in, in risk, let's call this small risk factor for some people we don't know for whom, for whom this could induce cancers or other things in their bodies. We, you know, what is interesting about the rat studies and the mice mm-hmm. is that when the mothers or the, the you know, when the pregnant rats were exposed to microwave radiation, then the baby, the, the pups born were slightly lower weight, which is very interesting. They said it made no difference on longevity, but we know in human beings that low birth weight is yeah. a risk factor for many illnesses. That's so interesting. So it, you know, and the Are other part protected? is... Oh, go ahead. Go on. No, go on. That's okay. It, it, well, you finish first and then I'll go because it's off topic. Okay, then I would say in addition, if you looked at the rat studies, they're, they're not equivalent because the rats, the male rats develop the most cancer in the, in the heart and in human beings, heart cancer almost never exists. It's one of these cancers that doesn't go because the heart continues. We don't quite know why, but it doesn't occur very often. So you cannot totally translate from rats or mice to humans. However, we are mammals, and when we are exposed to this radiation, it does change physiology. That data is pretty clear. And so I would use the precautionary principle. Don't, mm-hmm. put it, you know, don't have your cell phone against your ears. Also, when you're using the cell phone that's not on the radiation side, you tend to be focusing on your task in the talking. And, and now probably 1,200 people a year die walking but using the cell phone in, in, as pedestrian deaths because they're not paying 1200 attention. 1,200 people a year? It's estimated wow. now, yes. That's in the last two years. That's in the last three years it has increased. It's now stabilized because most people who have cell phones – Mm-hmm. have been using them for at least a year. So in the beginning when cell phones really became, started to be used by many people, we saw a 9% increase each year in pedestrian deaths. It's shocking. And we're not even talking about, about the traffic, the, the people who are texting while they're driving. Um, Correct. I don't have the statistics on that, but I know it's it's almost as bad as drunk driving. Yes, and, 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 you know, correct, and alcohol is, is a disaster for any health status. But if I go back for a moment to the, mm-hmm. to the effect of the radiation or mm-hmm. the microwave, remember we put it against our head, we put it against in our pocket, and even in males there is some data to support. It's very poor, but I think precautionary that males who get testicular cancer will have slightly higher testicular cancer on the side, on the testicle, on the side where they hold the cell phone. So this may not say always that the radiation uh causes the cancer, but it may be, Mm -hmm. it could be an initiator or just a promoter that once you have cancer, maybe this acts as a promoter and maybe because it's heating it up slightly or whatever, the mechanism's not clear. Isn't there something also about women who put their cell phones in their bras having more There are breast? case reports, yes, and it's really disaster, sad because you think of many women, especially young students, who are going mm-hmm. to raves, who are going to dancing. They, you know, they wear very limited clothing, so they have no place to put their, their wallet or their, their cell phone. And for many women, they will put it in, in their bra, so it's now pressing on the breast. And the data isn't clear. Is it due to the cell phone radiation? I want to be really honest. Due to the heat, mm-hmm. due to the tissue irritation. But there have been a number of clinical cases 
where women, young women in their 20s have developed mm. severe breast cancer at the, si- at the same breast where they always keep their cell phone. Now, I would be smart if I were a woman. I would, my recommendation, don't do it. Just even, you, yeah. even if it doesn't affect you, you may increase the risk. Yeah, and in a certain way, it's good that they're studying whether it's the heat or the radiation. But if you have cancer, it really doesn't matter. That's a big diagnosis, and you don't, you know, you've got That's a big right. problem to deal with. So going back to the um, perspective that you brought up before, precautionary perspective. Yes. Um, that's that's something that I believe in totally. Um, so what are some of the other things that you can do? Uh, I know you had talked about things like keeping your tablet on a table. The, f- okay, the, the pragmatic rule is the further away mm-hmm. your device is from you, the healthier. Because it really, mm-hmm. you know, the, the power really decreases very quickly. So I think that's one. So if you have it on your lap, put at least something solid in between it. I think that's one. Two, uh, keep, like you said, put the tablet on the table. Uh, you know, three, which would fit very much for anybody using a tablet or a laptop. You know, using a separate keyboard, and then mm-hmm. make your your tablet vertical. In terms of your cell phone, like I said before is your earphones. You know, do not put, as much as possible, don't put it against your ear or, how, how or store it against phone? your body. Or use what about using the speakerphone? Perfectly Is that good. okay? I think that's I do very that. good. I, yeah, I, I not only use a speakerphone, I also dictate. I use the little microphone on my iPhone to dictate um, notes and emails rather than typing um, but that's that's another thing that I do. I, will, I typically don't put it near my ear at all. Um, but <laughs> this is, you know, making me aware that maybe I could be doing even better. So you want to keep the laptop and tablet away from your genitals. Um, and then you said also using cable instead of Wi-Fi. Well, in around the house, I mean, the other rule you could mm-hmm. say, and that here this date is even probably even poorer, but many of us now live in a very, you know, density of electromagnetic radiation because of our own routers. The, the one mm-hmm. thing I would recommend for people, if you want, and you can check it because you're not only getting your router, but if you ever look at your cell phone and you're trying to connect to Wi-Fi, you see you don't have just your, your router there, there are probably 10 of your neighbors as well, which are all essentially going through the air without us awareness but at least for your own own room you can put a power switch on and turn your router off at night when you go to sleep and i would recommend that so you can reduce the electromagnetic radiation when you don't need it on the cell phone if you really are clear and you have it against your body one way to turn it off is to put it on airplane mode but then you have to turn it back on to either send or receive messages but that would also Increase your productivity, believe it or not, and your health. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. by this way, you would now use your cell phone on predetermined times to be accessible and versus just being captured by the one more look at the cell phone, one more Mm -hmm. check on email, one more check on Instagram, one more check on social media, and going down this kind of rabbit hole, which you see people doing time and time again. And you can see with students 
that they, their productivity, their depth of knowledge almost decreases the more they keep interrupting themselves, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to interact with social media. That's such an important point. Um, so putting your cell phone on, on airplane mode, it actually cuts off those signals? Correct. Is that what you're saying? That's and right. That's why you do it in about, a plane, right? Yeah. When you talked about rather, excuse me, I am so dismally untechnical and I'm asking you really basic questions here because I'm not sure I understand what a router is. Um, oh, the router is basically you, the, the, the low wide device, the radiomagnetic radiation it produces around in your house by which your, your, your cell phone at times or your uh, computer can talk, you know, connect to the web. Uh, is, that is, but is, is, oh, the router, so it's, it's like your modem? It's your modem, correct. The, okay, so if I if you've got it on a on a power strip and you turn your modem off at light at night, then you're reducing those correct um, microwaves as well. Because I don't have Wi-Fi, and I thought I was doing myself such a favor, but I didn't realize that the, the uh, modem was also bringing uh, the microwaves into yes, my house. Yes, because when I, when I sit on my laptop and I want to connect mm-hmm. to the web, right, it is my, uh-huh. in that sense my, my laptop is not connected with a cable to the, to, the, to the web, in a sense. It is connected via somehow via electromagnetic radiation, which it talks to the modem or to the router or the vice versa. The router passes signal back and forth, and that then is connected Again, with a in this case a cable via my tel- mm-hmm. my, my my provider, uh, so there are many different ways one can do it. But the question is, maybe phil- let me put it in a philosophic sense: if you think of human beings not today, but human beings as mm-hmm. a result of evolution, where we had developed mm-hmm. reproductive fitness, that namely whatever we did that promoted our reproductive fitness is who we are now. Then all of a sudden, the last few years, we have now flooded the world with electromagnetic radiation, something that hasn't been there before. The odds Mm -hmm. are that it's probably harmful because human beings did not have the experience or the survival. We did not evolve yet to really be able to cope with that. And the analogy is a horrible one, but think of trans fats, which were touted to help us. It was something mm-hmm. new. It didn't really exist. And yet, as we start to get exposed to people said, oops, it isn't so healthy after all. Maybe regular fats are better because we have evolved to, to be able to eat regular fats. You know, they gave us survival fitness. I look at the same thing for microwaves. Uh-huh. You know, there's also the law of unintended consequences, which I am constantly thinking about because it seems like every new wave of tools that comes out is more dangerous than the one that preceded it. Um, yes, you know, absolutely. So, you know, think and of people do the, not, they don't think ahead to the, the consequences that their tool will have on the human anatomy. They just, you know, flood the market with these square devices that require a lot of thumb pressure, you know, unnatural postures, and and everybody is suddenly using these, and then everyone is suddenly getting these um, aches and pains or injuries from these tools that if they had thought about it or consulted with somebody a little bit, 
you know, in terms of is this going to really fit in with our current evolution and what about the, the biomechanics of using this tool, I think we would be better off if more study were put into that end. Yeah, the way I would frame that, I call this ecological or evolutionary traps, that we have evolved to react in certain ways. We have evolved to look at stimuli quickly because they supply danger mm -hmm. so, you know, or information. So we automatically mm -hmm. orient. Now what we have done mm -hmm. is we have created devices that trigger that same response, except it's not a signal for survival. But our bodies do not know it, so we get captured by that. And our marketing forces have really amplified that because it allows people to make lots of money. I can think the same as for sugar. We have it's mm -hmm. food is sweet, we probably would like it, and now what we do is we flood the market of cheap foods, sorry, from my perspective, with sugars in it, which, which for kids is automatically, I want to eat that, because it, from an evolutionary perspective, would allow us to survive, to get more calories, except now it is empty calories and leads to harm. And so I see yes. the same thing with this. The cell phone also has a certain amount of an evolutionary trap it captures our attention, and yet mm -hmm. we have no easy mechanisms to say no to it because in our evolutionary history, there was no need to say no. In fact, we want to say yes to that. That's that such a good point. Yeah, it's almost automatic. I mean, you yes. see people ignoring a conversation or at a dinner party because they got a ping from their cell phone. And um, one of the things that I will do sometimes is I've turned off the notification noises in order to focus so that if I know something is dropped into my inbox, I'm not going to stop everything uh, for a piece of spam. You know what I mean? You were talking in, earlier about people interrupting themselves. And um, I think that that's another way where we, you know, it's just what you're talking about. This sound this alert captured our attention, and we responded yes, and to it Im immediately. Yes, and the analogy yeah. I use for our attention is maybe the following. Any of you done scuba diving know if you go scuba diving, you have your tanks on. It takes time to go down because you have to adapt to the pressure. That time you're mm -hmm. just going down until finally at the bottom of the, of the ocean or wherever you are. Now you can do your work there. And then after, mm -hmm. when you, after a while you go back up. It takes a while to decompress. Consider mm -hmm. an analogy to attention. I get captured by something. I start diving into it. I work with it. But now I get this ping. I get this notification. I pop back up. And then it takes a long time oh. to come back down again. And then you pop back up. And so in a way, you're much less efficient. Uh, but I think the bigger oh, harm so is social. that's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. The but that's so interesting that you you would yes. not think that it would take time to get back, but it really does take time. If you've been deeply concentrated and you're interrupted, it does take time to get back into that concentration again. Yes, and it's, you know, because your brain shifts channels. We don't do multitasking. We do sequential tasking rapidly or sometimes slowly. And when you're mm -hmm. really captured in a talk or anything doing, and you pop out of it, you direct your attention, all of a sudden that part falls away and now it takes time to dive back in. Hmm. And you were talking so, yeah. about, you were just about to say something about social interaction. Yeah, so the other, yeah, the, the other part which we have observed in our, we did a lovely study with students, we interviewed, basically did a survey, 
in which we simply ask, when you use your digital devices, how often, except for your smartphones and cell phones. And then we find a very simple observation. One, the more you use your, your, your social the devices, the more you use your cell phone in social settings, like at dinner, and respond to the notifications or quickly check on it, mm-hmm. the more lonely you experience yourself to be. Ironically, even though you're a higher user, you experience more loneliness. Second, when we ask the students, how do they feel when they're talking to somebody? And for a moment, they, they look at their phone to check who called or who sent a message or whatever. They all mm-hmm. report they feel a little bit dismissed. You know, they feel the break in the social connectiveness. And yet, almost all do it. So that leads to the final recommendation, I would say, for users. When you're in social settings, put your cell phone Turn it off unless it's a crisis. You, ex- you must have a call. And then leave it at the front door. Don't bring it to the kitchen table. Don't bring it mm-hmm. to the living room so that you can mm-hmm. now be socially connected. Because I think that's really wonderful, yeah. You know, we used to always be social critics. We used to talk to each other. If you look at almost any culture where people don't use smartphones, they're always connecting and socially connecting. They learn social expressions of each other. Now I only look at a, a digital input and uh, you know, emoticons. They're not the same. I and know, And there's some yeah. suggestive evidence that children who use digital devices more than about four hours a day have a significant decrease in the ability to recognize facial expressions and emotions. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty scary. Well, it makes um, sense. You just said wow to me. But what did you tell him wow? You gave me multiple pieces of information. You gave me a change in pitch. You gave me a change in intensity. I didn't even see you. You gave me yeah. a feeling quality transmitted in your voice. How do I transmit all that communicational quality in mm-hmm. my alphabet as I do very simplistic uh, in texting? It's not possible. And I actually think... I mean, people used to complain about phone calls being impersonal, but you can. You can get all this inflection. You can tell a joke on the phone yes. that would not read uh, in a text. In fact, you could, you know, insult somebody. Um, but, you know, the inflection, the warmth, or the, you know, the other emotions. You could you could be angry. You wouldn't hear that necessarily um, in a text. And, you know, not that I... I mean, it's just the whole realm of human emotion and possibility is uh, communicated vocally in ways that it would not be in a text. And it's even better to be in person because then you get the body language, the smiles, looking into someone's eyes, all of these wonderful richness of the human... Yes, what you're talking about really is that communication, 80% of communication is nonverbal or extraverbal. And mm-hmm. in addition, it is synchronous versus asynchronous communication. Asynchronous means I send a text, time lapses, and I get a text back, but I get no other information. When we are talking, even on the phone, mm-hmm. we are doing mm-hmm. synchronous communication. You're talking, I hear your voice. I may interrupt or you interrupt me or we have questions, but we are continually adapting 
our responses to what is going on at this moment. So we are slowly synchronizing and hopefully getting more in tune or out of tune. But if we get out of tune, then I would quickly recognize, oops, Eric, you said the wrong thing. <laughs> or you start to say the wrong thing because I would see your face change. I'd hear your tonal qualities change. All those self-correcting mechanisms are often lost when we detect and there's that, you know, things, if someone doesn't respond to a text, your mind can go in funny places. You can think, did I offend this person? Why aren't they getting back to me? I mean, I, I, I wonder, if, have you done a study on this? We or, have not done a study on that, but that data is really, you, I think, in a sense, the, the extreme vitrolic, uh, you know, the nastiness mm-hmm. that allows, that can occur even on... Mm-hmm. You know, like on, on the internet or in texting and all this stuff, partly is easier to do because you're not facing the person. Imagine if I'm starting to yell at you right now because I'm angry or not, mm-hmm. depending on my emotional control. I would see you maybe feeling hurt. That may modulate mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Or you can yeah. interrupt and say, Eric, that's enough. I'm going to leave the room. <laughs> well, you know, and all those mechanisms which room, normally would. Co- do you know we're, what I mean? We're almost out of time. I do. And this conversation has just flown by. How fascinating is this? I can't thank you enough. We're, we're out of time. Uh, before we go, uh, two questions I didn't get to ask you. Are e-readers like Kindles and Nooks also something people should be concerned about in terms of radio frequency? No, usually not. I mean, e-reader can be connected to the Internet to download your um, uh, file for that, but usually it's turned off, so then it's not a problem mm-hmm. at all. The only thing I would say for e-reader, e-readers, what I would recommend, I would do paper white screens, the ones that use reflective mm-hmm. light, and not mm-hmm. where the screen is lit up from the back, because that tends to have much more blue light in it, and that I think is harmful for the eyes. And there's some good evidence okay, for that. Okay, so, so I I want to thank <laughs> you so much for coming onto the show, and what a fascinating conversation. I wish we had double the time, but I hope you will come back and um, talk another time or two or more. Um, It's been really wonderful. And I want to tell our listeners, if you're interested in keeping up with Dr. Pepper's blogs, you can visit the Pepper Perspective, that's www.pepperwith1pperspective.com or biofeedbackhealth.org. I want to thank you for listening to RSI Help Radio. And please subscribe by clicking on the red button on the show's page so that you will be notified of future episodes. RSI Help Radio is also now available on iTunes. And please help me spread the word by passing this episode and others along to folks that you think would be interested in hearing about them. So until next time, this is Deborah Quilter signing off from RSI Help Radio.